From Murphy to Mancio, extraordinary athletes, coaches, administrators, and contributors have impacted the North Carolina sports landscape. For some, their talents left an indelible mark. So much so, they are enshrined in the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. It's time to chat with one of those Hall of Famers who dared to be as tall and stately as our Longleaf Pines. Here is your host of 15 Minutes of Fame, Chris Edwards. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fame. I'm Chris Edwards. Today on the podcast, we visit with 2019 North Carolina Sports Hall of Famer, Paul Miller. Paul, a phenomenal high school athlete at Aiden High School, where he never lost a game in football, basketball, or baseball, went on to play football at North Carolina, where he was the first ever recipient of the ACC's Brian Piccolo Award. He helped lead the Tar Heels to the 1971 ACC Championship and played in a Peach Bowl and a Gator Bowl. We talk about all of that and the rest of his college career with a 2019 North Carolina Sports Hall of Famer, Paul Miller. Paul, thank you so much for the time and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Glad to be with you. Let me start here with your high school career, Paul, at Aiden High School. You played three sports, football, basketball, baseball. I don't think you lost a game in any sport in high school. With football, you went 52-0 and in your high school career, 12-0 and in JV, 40-0 and in varsity. What made you so successful as a team and as an individual on the football field? Well, we had uh, tremendous coaches. Coach Stuart Tripp is in the North Carolina uh, High School Sports Hall of Fame. My uh, basketball and baseball coach, Bob Murphy, uh, his first year was my senior year at Aiden. He is in the North Carolina Sports High School Hall of Fame. And my football coach, Tommy Lewis, was nominated for it. He was a two-time All-American at Western. And I just had the best coaches in the world. And being from a little town, sports was everything at Aiden. So everybody was involved. We averaged about 50 people per class. My senior class had 54 people in it. But everybody was behind sports, all the people in the town and all the coaches and the parents. So it was it was quite an atmosphere. In baseball, you won a state championship. You pitched seven innings of no-hit baseball at one point in the state championship, I think, and you had eight career no-hitters. What made you so successful, Paul, as a baseball pitcher? Well, when, when I was 11 years old, there was our, the best baseball player Aiden ever had was a guy named Monty Little, who went on to become the head coach at East Carolina, and he played professional baseball. But his father was a left-handed pitcher like I was. And when I was 11 years old, they invited me to their house, and they had set up a pitcher's mound beside the house because um, Garland Little's kids, Monty Little and, and Godfrey Little, were both baseball stars. In fact, Godfrey played for NC State. Monty went to East Carolina, signed East Carolina, then he went pro. But the dad taught me how to throw a curveball and how to throw a drop ball when I was 11 years old and how not to hurt my arm. And so my last two years of Little League, I was throwing curveballs and drop balls. And my dad took me in the backyard to make sure my control was good and to, and to always pitch the ball around the batter's knees. So I had that early, really good training when I was a kid. Uh, of all the things you did in high school, all the wins that you had, all the no-hitters, do you have a favorite memory from your high school career? I, I have two, if you don't mind. No, please. The, the first was my sophomore year. We were a football school, and uh, we played a team that didn't have football, but they were number one in the state. They were 31-0. and 0. They had not lost a game. They had a big man, 
and we didn't. So we met them in the state finals, and we beat them by 28 points. And I was a sophomore. I was a starting guard and scored the opening basket of the game. But the other highlight was that same sophomore year, uh, my brother was injured. My brother was an all-star running back. In fact, NC State offered him a full scholarship to play football. But he was injured. So the quarterback, Monty Little, had to play tailback some. But I threw a 92-yard touchdown pass to beat our arch rivals, Farmville. Uh, We beat them 14 to nothing. But those were my two high school highlights. You went on to play football at North Carolina. Obviously, you were so successful in those three sports in high school. I'm curious, what made you settle on football? Well, they were the ones that offered the scholarship. Excuse me. And um, we had four kids in my family born over a period of five years. And back in those days, they did not give a full baseball scholarship. So when they offered a full football, I took it. And I really did not think I would ever play at Carolina. As big as it was coming from a 1A school, but it was a, a chance to pay for my education. Uh, my plans at that time were to go to Carolina and then go on to dental school. But um, I changed courses midway through and went, went to law school instead. Let me ask you about your Carolina career. There are a lot of accomplishments, and you were the first ever ACC recipient of the Brian Piccolo Award after you had an eighth-month recovery from a spinal fusion that earned you the award. Talk me through the recovery process and then what it means to you as you think back on it now to be the first one to get that recognition. Well, it was um, after my freshman year, they had the spring. And of course, in my day, you could not play varsity as a freshman, so there were freshman teams. And then my first chance with the varsity was the spring practice my freshman year, and and I earned I earned the first first string spot that spring so that soft my sophomore year I'm coming back and I'm going to be starting for Carolina it was it was amazing but I woke up the first day of practice when we're supposed to run the mile and I had the flu and they put me in the infirmary for like four or five days and I felt like I was getting so far behind I checked out too early went out to practice and twisted my back and that led to the lower back challenges, and then finally they said, you need to have a spinal fusion. I wore a back brace for eight months. I couldn't run. I couldn't lift. I couldn't do anything until uh, midway through the summer um, going into my sophomore year. So, uh, and, and, I mean, and then my junior year. So my junior year, uh, I came back and played. Uh, a lot of people said I would never play again. Uh, it never entered my mind that I would not play, but a lot of them said that with a spinal fusion, you're done. So I think the good Lord, I know the good Lord looked after me. I think he knew what my dreams and goals were, but he helped heal me up. And, uh, my back is going great today after surgery when I was 19 years old. You were the quarterback, Paul, for the first ever North Carolina team that won the outright ACC championship in 1971. Obviously, we know the ACC has such a great history of a football conference, but for you to be part of that first outright conference championship team for Carolina, knowing for all time that you're a big part of that, how much pride does that give you? Oh, enormous. We just had a reunion at the uh, the Pitt game, the uh, the team of 1970, which was highlighted with Don McCauley and Paul Houlihan and Keith Hicks and those guys, and then the 71 team, which, of course, we had John Bunning, who was just absolutely awesome. Lewis Jolly played professionally, Ricky Packard, John Cowell. So, but, but when I was a kid, I watched Carolina play in the Gator Bowl. And, um, that's when I sort of became a little bit of a Carolina fan. But that year, Carolina shared the ACC title with NC State. 
but they had never won it outright. And, of course, when Coach Bill Dooley showed up, he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to win. And that just convinced me of what a winner he was. And I'd been used to winning at Aiden, and I just believed in him that much. And, of course, the rest is history. He turned the program around completely. Before I ask you about Coach Dooley, let me ask you about a couple of the bowl games that you played in, the Peach Bowl and the Gator Bowl, big reputations, pretty prestigious bowl games. Uh, What memories do you have from those two contests? Well, first of all, if you can go back in time, there were only, back then, only eight bowl games back then. And the Peach Bowl was like the newest one. We played Arizona State. They had four players who could run the 100 in 10 flat, including the quarterback and a guy named J.D. Hill, who was a first-round draft pick. But we played in a blizzard in Atlanta. And there are Carolina fans today, if they're still alive, will tell you that was the coldest night of their life. The uh, it was It was almost a whiteout, and people back home could barely see the second half of the game because of the snow blowing so hard. But my highlight was getting knocked out cold in the first half. I I threw a pass, and the guy hit me from the backside, the blind side. And I never realized till later <clears throat> that it was a touchdown pass until I went back and saw the film three weeks later. But the highlight for me was getting knocked out. So, uh, What about the Gator Bowl? What do you remember from that game? Oh, well, it was absolutely a perfect day. It was the Dooley coaches going against each other, uh, Vince versus Bill. They ran the same plays we did. In fact, it's funny. When the teams got together for a meal before, they were wearing the identical uh, shirts that we were wearing. We just had a Carolina logo, and they had Georgia. But it was it was all defense. They had the uh, fastest defensive ends we had faced all year. They were in the backfield before we could move. And uh, anyway, I think it's seven to three. They got us, but uh, it, it was great. In fact, they they had a a reunion of the Dooley coaches several years later uh, celebrating that game. It's pretty exciting. Tell me about Coach Dooley, Bill Dooley, and what's your favorite Coach Dooley memory or story? Well, uh, Earl Edwards from NC State came down to my house the day before Coach Dooley showed up. And Coach Dooley showed up with um, the offensive line coach <clears throat> and said, okay, Coach Vickers loves to hunt. So Coach Vickers went hunting with my dad and my brother. And Coach Dooley said, okay, uh, basically, I'm not leaving until you sign. And he said, I want to go see East Carolina. So it's 10 miles from Aiden. So I said, well, come on, Coach, I'll, I'll show you. So we drove over there. We walked right down the whole football field of East Carolina. We walked up in the coaches' offices. We walked. Every coach's office was wide open, was empty. We didn't see a single person. And uh, I remember getting back in the car because, you know, 50 years ago, East Carolina was not on the schedule. And I asked Coach Dooley, do you think we'll ever play East Carolina? He said, I don't know, but we probably will. And, of course, he was right. And uh, it's, it's become quite a ball game when we tangle with those guys. After you played at Carolina, you played in the Coaches All-American game, and you were coached by a couple pretty big names, Bo Schimblecker uh, and Bear Bryant. What was it like being coached by, by Bo and by Bear? Well, it was, it was, I, I was just so amazed. I mean, I stayed after practice every day and did by myself, I did grass drills, uh, because it's the first time I was going to play on like what's called AstroTurf. But I remember at practice one day, he just stopped all the practice and walked up to me face to face and said, son, where are you from? And I, and I remember thinking, I, I told him I'm from a little town called Aiden, North Carolina. 
And I remember thinking, if the folks from Aiden could see me talking to Bear Bryant, they would be amazed because I was amazed. But he, he was he was incredible. The uh, the West was supposed to beat us. They had two famous quarterbacks, all stars, that went on to play pros. One of them went and played for Green Bay. And our team had me and a guy named Smokey Joe Gilliam. Do you know that name at all? I don't. Well, Smokey Joe went and played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he backed up a guy named Terry Bradshaw. Oh, okay. <laughs> he and I quarterbacked the East, and we were uh, decidedly underdogs, but uh, we beat the bejeebers out of those guys with, with Coach Bear Bryant and Bo Schimbeckler leading the way. It was a highlight. And Lewis Jolly, my teammate from Carolina, he was on the East All-Stars. And our running back was a guy you may remember named Johnny Musso, mm-hmm. known as the in Stallion from Alabama. So it was a great, a great, great experience. While you were at Carolina and in law school, you pitched for a couple of years, I read, coached the freshman offensive backs for four years, and was the head freshman baseball coach. Did you enjoy the baseball and the coaching, Paul? The baseball was terrific. My freshman year, Coach Dulles said, you can play baseball after spring practice. So after spring practice, I played on the freshman baseball team. And then Coach Rab, Carolina won the ACC. He pulled a couple of pitchers up just to just to bolster the pitching staff, and he brought me up. And I, I really hadn't pitched all spring except for a couple of couple of innings in the JV. But we got to the finals that whoever wins this game will go to the College World Series. We're out of pitchers, and Coach Rab starts me. And uh, the third batter that I faced was a guy you may remember. He was the shortstop for Ole Miss. His name was Archie Manning. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I pitched for about three three and two-thirds innings. And uh, so, you anyway, know, that was kind of a highlight. Then I pitched my senior year because of the back surgery. But maybe the highlight for my career at Carolina was being the head baseball coach. I mean, I enjoyed being the backfield coach for the freshman team. I enjoyed recruiting for Coach Dooley. And, uh, but being the head coach for baseball, I realized right away how much baseball I did not know. But I, I did have a visit one day from a guy named Clyde King, who is just legendary. Spent about 30 minutes with Clyde King and learned more about baseball and pitching than I had my entire lifetime. So I have been, been blessed to be around people like, like Walter Rapp and Bill Lovingood and Clyde King, for even if it was only for a day. So my whole life from high school coaches to, to coming to Carolina, I've just been surrounded by really top-class people. What do you think, Paul, not just athletically, but just in life in general, what are the keys to being a successful person? Well, to me, the first thing is is putting, really honestly, putting God first, that that you're close to Him and and that you listen to Him and and follow. So it's all about, you know, we just had Martin Luther King Day where we celebrated, where he talked to us all about character. And again, my coaches... Every one of them showed me complete character. My teammates were were really amazing. There were better athletes at Aiden High School than I was. I was just in a prime position I played to be where I was. But but if I think if a person will, will keep God first, that means they will treat other people properly, keeping them first. And then you can have a peaceful life, which I've been blessed to, to enjoy. i got a great wife. Five kids, and I got my 13th and 14th grandchildren that are due to be born on the same day, which is crazy coming up this June. So that's there per- you go. That's perfect. Paul, thank you for doing this, and thank you for all that you do for the Hall of Fame. 
Thank you very much, Chris. God bless and take care. Thanks to Paul for his time, and thanks to you for joining us on this episode of 15 Minutes of Fame. For the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame, I'm Chris Edwards. 